Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Time now for the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. Welcome in. It's Balloon Party, driven by Munganas, St. Louis actor here on 101 ESPN. Timothy Michael McKernan and Action Jackson with you on the program, a program that solicits your involvement as a friend of the feather by texting into the Air Comfort Service text line 314-399-9646. Come on in. The water is warm. Jackson, uh, tell the people what is going on in the world today. Uh, currently, I'm being boxed out by Matt Rocchio behind me. What's Rocchio's problem? I don't know. It's like I'm trying to grab a board. I'm getting boxed out here. I barely have enough room to operate. Very suspicious. Yeah. It's, you know, I thought, Very suspicious. I thought, thought HD1, this was a professional organization. I got a board up just bodying me trying to do some, some broadcasting. Yeah, the thing about Rocchio is he doesn't realize we are very comfortable with an unprofessional organization. So, yeah, you're not going to throw us off. No, no, it's not. And, and he's apologizing profusely for it. Now he's dropping things. But we're going to, you know, we're going to do. We're going to power through. Despite nice. Rocchio, we're going to power through. He produces a great program from seven to ten, and we're going to continue on that greatness here from ten to eleven. Nice. Oh, that sounds like a nice little treat. Darren Pang going to join the program. What time is he coming on? He will be on the show at 10.15, Tim. Oh, 10.15. Yeah. Panger early today. Early start right, for, fair enough. for Darren Pang. Yeah, we're going to do deep dives with Panger today. You know what? I've got these questions. Uh, oh, my God. I, I got to... Now, I'm with my email, mm-hmm. I have to... Uh, I get a call to right. approve it. So, that's what I'm now taking the phone call here. There it is. Now, I'm in my email. Uh, I think it's ever since I had somebody hack into my browser's account that I've had to do this. But uh, I, I got a bunch of deep dive questions like we went deep diving with Kerber yesterday because here's the deal. I'm just not going to unless something substantial happens with the 2023 Blues at this point for, for my activation of my synapses, I'm not going to engage in it and I'm not going to force feed it upon the audience. So if that's what you're looking for, you've come to the wrong place for the next 60 minutes. I'm just being honest because this is honesty in media. That's what the program is. It's honesty in media. But I like a good deep dive. I like a good deep dive. So here here are the questions for the deep dive and I'll make this a Sadie Hawkins for the audience. What do you want to hear Panger talk about? And Jackson, if you have a vote... Please feel free to to give your vote. Sure. Although, since we're talking about the NHL, I recognize some of these names and teams will be unfamiliar to you. Okay, yeah. here we go. With Blues fans dreaming of the unlikely chance of some lottery luck in landing Connor Bedard, let's talk about the last couple of generational talents. Jackson, who would you say are the last two generational talents drafted in the NHL. I think I am going to give you a 41% chance of answering this question correctly. Although I have to say in fairness before you answer, it's not like these are certified generational talents. It's a it's a subjective 
it's a subjective assessment. But go ahead, fire your bullets. I think I'm going to knock this out of the park. Oh, uh, wow, nice. Connor McDavid uh-huh. and Austin Matthews. See, that's the thing. As I was reading it, I think a lot of people would give you credit for that. No doubt about McDavid. Um, but uh, Sidney Crosby. Yeah, okay. Well, it, all right, fair enough. Okay, so that's what I'm saying. It, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to count it as you got it right. But the point, point being, how do you distinguish between the two when summing up their career so far? On one hand, no one in the NHL looks like Connor McDavid. When it comes to his ability to skate and to make plays at full speed, no one has put up points like he has in the cap era since 2005. And if the season ended today, McDavid's 67 games played, his 127 points would be second to Kucherov's 128 for most ever in a cap era season. Uh, he was at 127 before uh, the game began uh, from last night. Meanwhile, no one wins like Crosby. It seems whether it's at the NHL level, at the junior level, or internationally, his three cups put him among the leaders in the cap era, and he did it with these two separate groups. While we can rave about McDavid's point totals, what could have been if Crosby hadn't got hurt three days after a 25-game point streak ended in 2011 and then suffered the subsequent concussion issues that followed in his prime years? So there you go. That's a deep-dive question. Not not on the blues. Even though we tie it in, we localize it, Jackson, mm-hmm. by talking about the, I don't know, five-ish percent chance that the blues would be able to uh, draft Connor Bedard. Um, with regards to... Connor Bedard tying it in. Um, how would he put Bedard in the pantheon of generational talents? So you got that tying it in. Uh, and then another one, Panger's story going from Calder Trophy finalist and all-rookie team member in 1988 to his fluke career ending knee injury in 1990 to then quickly working his way up ESPN's top color analyst in the 1990s. Would love to hear the story. How about that? Mm, that one, I got to tell you, that one kind of intrigues me. Yeah, that As I read it, I felt my synapses fire. Yeah, I like that one a lot. You like that one, okay. Uh, so let's see. McDavid's now at 129 points, by the way, in 68 Ooh, games. Jeez. Goodness. So those are our choices. Uh, you can vote, and that's the direction I'm going to take the interview. Because like Panger's going to be with us here yeah, in seven really. minutes. That's, that's your vote? Yeah, I like the second one. I think he'd have great perspective as someone who's been around the game for so long, on the former question. But I think the latter question uh, is really interesting and something that I know I, it's not the biggest hockey fan in the world, would really love to hear. There you go. Uh, 314-399-9646. That is how you can text into the Air Comfort Service. Text line Darren Pang will be with us uh, coming up here in about seven or eight minutes. So you got that. And then also, what, what is the name of the uh, is uh, the Little Piddles Wednesday wrap-up? Uh, I think today is the either-or challenge, one of the listeners' favorite uh, of my little things we do. It was originally going to be stuck in the middle with Piddle, but I, uh, I veered off that. And went with the either or challenge. Why did you why did you pivot off of stuck in the middle with piddle? Uh, I felt the either or was a better uh, vessel for the uh, questions. Vessel. There's wow. a better vessel, better conduit for the questions. But I will be using stuck in the middle with piddle uh, coming up soon. I'm getting more creative with the names. All right, let's kick it off. Okay. 
With both the Dogs and Battlehawks playing in St. Louis Saturday night, do you think either attendance will suffer due to the conflicting schedules? If so, which do you think would be the more likely team to lose fans? God, I you know I I'd love to be able to uh, like we are with TMA be on YouTube because then I could draw a Venn diagram mm-hmm. for our uh, balloon party audience. And uh, for the textures, a Venn diagram is a device used, Jackson, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to convey to uh, people uh, the logical relation between sets, in this case, audiences, which was uh, designed. Was it a gentleman named John Venn? Uh, yeah, Bill Venn, actually, I think it was. Oh, he went by Bill, but his name was John. Right, exactly. And so. If I were to draw the two circles of dogs supporters and Battlehawks supporters, I don't think there is that much overlap. What do you think? No, I think that there. I think there's a healthier overlap than, uh, like, I think if you dig deeper, I think the overlap is a little healthier. I think. Well, give me a percentage, baby. I only work in percentages. You know that you're a sweet prince. So when we're talking, like, because I think a lot of people are fans of both, but might be willing to go to the games, kind of fans. I would say that there is a thirty percent overlap. I don't mind the number. I'm going to take less than that, and therefore, based on what might be wrong. I don't think that they will necessarily suffer here. Here's, I suppose one theory I've been, I guess, right on the dogs, but wrong at the beginning of the season on the battle Hawks. I won. I, I feel like the dogs might carry more momentum than the battle Hawks just because it was, but I mean, the Battlehawks atmosphere. So now I'm arguing with myself. The <laughs> Battlehawks atmosphere was incredible as well, but I wonder if that was a byproduct of it was the first game back, and then it's kind of like, all right. I mean, we kind of get an idea, and it's only what six days later. Whereas it's been a couple of weeks for the dogs, and there's only so many seats to get into the building, and so people will be fired up about that. It's probably. An easier tailgate, I would think, but at the same time, I don't know how great either are for tailgating, and right. yet there was incredible tailgating for both. <laughs> so I, my, my answer is I don't think either will really be hurt by it, but if I had to take one, I don't think it would necessarily be hurt by it, just so much uh, the chance that people might go, eh, you know, it was only six days ago. And then also, you don't know what's going to be going on with the NCAA tournament. If right. you're a big Illinois fan, if you're a big Missouri fan, they could be playing at the same time as those games go off. Any any word on the potential of The Rock being in attendance on Saturday? Uh, I have not heard anything. I think that had it not been the Academy Awards on Sunday, that he would have been there I agree uh, with you. for the uh, home opener of the Battle Hawks. So I would, I would think that he would make the trip. I mean, he made the trip to like basically every stadium on that first weekend so i don't think it would be out of the realm of possibility for him to show up on a saturday evening in st louis and you know show his face so i think that he will be there if i had to bet but i have not heard anything confirming that okay there you go action jackson uh, what's the next question on stuck in the middle with piddles no no stuck in the that'll be coming that might be tomorrow's uh th- th- this is the either or challenge with the current RSN situation, of course, uh, Diamond Sports filing for bankruptcy protection. Uh, would your yes, that happened yesterday. Yep. Would your preference be 
to return to the 2019 and before era Fox Sports Midwest Cardinals broadcast where you have it on television and the app is a little more consistent or the direct-to-consumer model via MLB, similar kind of what the MLS does with Apple TV? Well, I would say the downside of the Apple TV thing is that you don't have localized pre- and post-game shows. Right. Um, and I like, I like that. I don't know how many people in the audience really like it, but... And by that, I'm not saying like people are mad at it, <laughs> right. but but that they 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 go out of their way to watch it. I'm not necessarily a pregame show so much as I like the postgame shows and the wrap ups and the local sound. I would really love to have that with the dogs. Uh, they did that. They did a hell of a job, even though it wasn't local. Uh, Tom Hart, Greg McElroy, and the yeah. whole crew for the Battlehawks yeah. following their game against Arlington this past Sunday. Um, I don't. What, what is the downside of what was going on? I, we're not. We're not investors or on the board of Fox Sports Midwest. But what is the downside of what we had before this Bailey's Bally's debacle of the last few years? There, I don't know if there's anything I would change. No, it was accessible to almost all platforms, and. The app worked without a problem yeah. in my experience, and I certainly don't recall hearing many complaints about it. So I like the Apple TV MLS model, but you don't have the localized pre and post game shows. And I don't know what the downside is that came with the glory days of the Fox Sports Midwest telecast. Yeah, I can't see any. I think in a perfect world, the idea is you have it on uh, a, a cable channel for people who have a cable subscription, and then you have uh, a monthly subscription fee if you want to watch completely digital or on your smart TV say 20, 30 bucks a month for those who don't have a cable subscription. I think that in a hybrid world is the perfect is the perfect idea, right? Like you satisfy everybody. If you don't have cable, you can still watch. If you do have cable, nothing changes. I think in a perfect world, that's what I think what we're all looking for. I just want to be able to, and listen, I mean, 10 years ago, I wouldn't, this wouldn't have been the standard that was set, but this is the expectation now. Hit a button, whether it be on my television or on my phone, and just go, okay, I'm clicking on a button and now I'm watching the game. And it's that easy. And when I want to turn it off, God, I was doing this. I think oh, I was doing this watching the Battle Hawks on Sunday. Uh, I just, okay, here it is. See what's going on. Oh, and it's so easy to watch. And it just, it, it, it's amazing to me how difficult it is with Major League Baseball and the NHL. And to be clear, this isn't St. Louis specific. It's the current television deals. It's just St. Louis is, the, is, is one of the few markets that has both the Cardinals and the Blues, their MLB and MHL, NHL team, uh, with Bally's. And so you're all in on this outlet that just filed for bankruptcy less than 24 hours ago. We'll carry over this discussion into our third segment, but Darren Pang is going to join us coming up next. This is Balloon Party, driven by Munganass, St. Louis, Acura, and Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. It's Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan, Action Jackson with you until the top of the hour when BK and Ferrario take over. And our program is sponsored by the wonderful people at Munganest, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota. And every Wednesday on this show, it is our pleasure, it is our honor to be joined by the great Darren Pang. Good morning, Panger. 
It's my honor, Your Honor, but thank you for having me on. I appreciate that. Oh, my goodness. What a, what a gentleman. Panger, we, 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 put, we put two different topics for our conversation with you today to the audience. And, and I said, vote on what you prefer. And overwhelmingly, this is the question people want to hear me have a quote-unquote deep dive conversation with you on. Here we go. I would love to hear Panger's story on going from a Calder Trophy finalist and all-rookie team member in 1988 to his fluke career-ending knee injury in 1990, 1990 to then quickly working his way up to ESPN's top color analyst in the 90s. So wow. you go from this incredible trajectory, early point of your career, and then an injury, and then you have a totally different career, and that also takes off. So, I'm sure you've talked about it before, but the audience wants to hear the story, and so I said, you know what, I am your ambassador. That's what I said to the audience. I said, I am your ambassador, and I will go to Panger with this line of questioning. Are you up for it? How much time do we have? Gosh, that's the thing. This isn't something that you do like in 12 minutes. I mean, there's a lot of meat on the bone. But I'll do my best. And in the meantime, Action Jackson, can you uh, can you pop open a nice can of Urban Underdog for us? It might take that long, my friend. Consider it oh, done. Oh, wow. Gather around the cocktail lounge, friends of the feather. Gather. Panger's going to tell a story. Well, let's, uh, let's get the fireplace going, the fire pit going, and then a nice toddy. Um, it's a, <laughs> you, know, it's, it's a, you know, it's funny that I did a... At one point in my rookie year in Chicago, they asked me to go down to CBS and do the evening uh, sports. And, um, and then, so I went down there and did it. And at the very end, the guy said, you should write a book. And I said, it'll be a short story. I'll try to make this one as short as possible. Um, during the time that I tore my ACL in the conference final of 1989, <clears throat> that was the year that uh, uh, Cal- the Calgary Flames ended up winning the Stanley Cup and Al McGinnis was the Consulate Trophy winner. That I didn't play. I, I was a backup. Uh, Al Chevrolet came in um, after I'd hurt my hamstring um, in January. And so I was, I was relegated to the backup for the first time in my life. And it was a sad feeling. But even more sad was the fact that in practice before game four, um, Mike Keenan, in his infinite wisdom, decided to do a three-on-three, three-on-two, three-on-one crash the goalie drill. So he did that. And Wayne Van Dorp, a uh, teammate of mine in Chicago, um, in barreling down, tried to get the rebound, fell. He's about 235, 40 pounds, and he tore my ACL. So that was in, you know, May of, uh, of 1989. Um, we ended up losing the next uh, in game five, where I tried to wrap it up and just be the backup goaltender, and I, I couldn't even do that. So I got a torn ACL that was kind of misdiagnosed for several months, and I kept going to therapy, kept going to rehab. Again, I'll, I'll, I'll tighten up the story. Uh, they figured out somewhere in September that I got a torn ACL. So now here I am going through a very serious surgery back in 89. No one knew how to deal with it. So I went to Alabama and Dr. Clancy, he was as aggressive as anybody could be, especially at that time. Fast forward, I had a, I had a producer in Chicago. Her name's Lisa Seltzer. She's a legend, woman in broadcasting. She was a producer and director in those days with... Pat Foley and Dale Talon, not an easy task. He was the one that convinced the general manager, Bob Pulford, to allow me to do college hockey games, NCAA, college hockey, CCHA games, 
Illinois, Chicago had a team back then and you know, the teams that were probably there. So anyway, I got, got molded IFB. I got going on the, on it. Um, and, uh, I really, really enjoyed it. Then I became kind of a goalie coach for UIC and then a goalie coach for Notre Dame, uh, hockey while I was employed by ESPN. So I had a lot of things on the go, but the broadcasting ignited me. It put some fire back in my belly. I lost some love for the game of hockey. Uh, broadcasting came at the right time and I just used all my energies and the work ethic that I put into trying to make it to the NHL. I tried to put it right back into broadcasting and I had several guys helped me along the way. Most notably, John Davidson was uh, like a legend for me, a guy that I really looked up to and he helped me uh, get into it. And, and uh, that's how I started. And that was in 19, really in 1990. In 1993, ESPN hired me, but in 1990, I started everything. I did hotlines. I did pregame shows. I did weekly shows with the bears. I did everything. They asked me to do it. I would do it. Wow. I didn't know all that went into this. And I'm sure many people in our audience didn't know. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I see this is the thing I could, I could now, and I, I know you have other things that you need to do and, but I, I could ask you a million questions. I want to, I do want to ask a couple though. So yeah. when you were growing up, I mean, obviously your focus is on playing. You, you can't, you, you can't be anything but focused yeah. on playing if you're going to make it to the NHL. But did you have any interest whatsoever in broadcasting? Always did. And, and really? my idol growing wow. up, it's funny, my idol, two idols, I, was, I always thought I wanted to be a play-by-play guy. And I had Danny Gallivan, and, and he was the Montreal Canadian. So I lived in Ottawa, so we got more Montreal Canadians than we did Toronto, so I was a Canadians fan. And actually, Dan Kelly. Um, boy, I, I listened to Dan, and, and, uh, and Dan, I was fortunate enough, actually, to this day, I've got a couple of DVDs of, of Dan, some games of mine that I played against St. Louis, and I just... I just think the world of uh, the way he called the game and how he kept everything even keeled. And he's much like his son, uh, all of his sons, actually. Uh, but working with John has been a complete pleasure for me. And sometimes he says something and it kind of brings back some, some thoughts or some sounds of what his, uh, what his dad sounded like. So in saying that, yeah, did I think I was going to be a broadcaster from an early time? No, but I would have been better in school if I would have known broadcasting was something that I, that I really loved and uh i think for anybody out there that's in school or struggling because i struggled in school big big time but you know dive into the things that you're passionate about and i, I think you'd go a long way i wish that i had broadcasting at an early age that i loved i would have done it in school i probably would have been good in school yeah because you would have been uh, maybe a little more motivated for the whole uh, operation yeah. i'm curious when, when when those injuries took place and you're and it's one thing i mean hey listen anytime you get injured you could just be an amateur athlete and it, and it absolutely sucks but when you're having the kind of start to your career that you are self-deprecating about but people may not realize the career that you were off to in, in, in an early age and in, in the recognition you were getting what impact did that have on you Mentally, I would imagine mentally and emotionally outside of what you're dealing with physically, that has to be incredibly difficult. You're watching your team have great success and here you are and you can't play and you were you, you were surging up the charts as far as your recognition for your play. Yeah, it, it was, you know, it was very emotional time. It was it was difficult to accept and saying the words I re- retiring was very, very painfully emotional for me. Um, just had a baby boy, Tyler. He was born. In 1990, he had some medical issues. We went through that. Um, he survived everything that he had to go through, which was incredible. I did rehab for my ACL, and and when I did, I, I had a great summer. I came back. Um, I played in the IHL. I came back in March. I played in the IHL with an unbelievable team of 
uh, Errol Sutter coach. I had, God, my, we had Bruce Cassidy and, and uh, Bobby Basson and Eagles and Warren Reichel. I mean, the, the, the list of guys that we had on our team were incredible. Bruce Cassidy and we, we won the championship. So I thought I was off and running. I, I really thought that I was, I was going well. And then I was training and I was one of the things I trained on. I played a lot of tennis. I played a lot of squash and I was playing tennis on clay. And I went to my left and the nail of the lines wasn't fully nailed in. And you know how firm those nails are. And yeah. so I actually turned my, uh, I turned my left knee over and I, I basically blew it out. I went back to Alabama and they basically said, you've got really, uh, you've got, uh, 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 what do they call it? an ACL that's, uh, not deficient enough to be a goalie in the NHL. So, so that was it. So my anyway, when I retired goodness. and my wife, my wife did the greatest thing ever, maybe another lesson. I don't want to be one of these lessons in life, but like I, I lived in what I called an NHL home. It was a, it was a suburban four bedroom, uh, two bed. I don't know why I had such a bit like a home like that. That was kind of stupid. But anyway, um, <laughs> anyway, so once everything happened and I now I knew I was doing a hotline, I was doing radio, everything changed for me. And, uh, my, my, my wife, Lynn, said, uh, we've got to sell this home and buy a radio home, she called it. And we went into this little neighborhood and bought this really modest home in a neighborhood that our kids still to this day loved. And I remember the guy across the street was a UPS driver. Another guy, you know, worked for a, a paper mill. I mean, I kind of went, you know, right into the neighborhood and the kind of people that used to watch me play. And it was, it was humbling at first, but it was so great, you know, to just have that kind of lifestyle, a normal upbringing for my kids and and again, like I say, to this day, they love that street, Indiana Street in Wheaton, Illinois. They loved it. I got it. Here's something. There, there's there's incredible value in that because it, it might sound like a, a, a tiny little story, but I bet a lot of people hear you say that who have been through not necessarily playing in the NHL and then dealing with a career ending injury, but having to do the right thing as difficult as it is. And it sounds like that might have been not have been something you would have done without your wife's mm-hmm. Uh, counsel, for lack of a better term, Panger, that, hey, we're for in sure. a spot now where we've got to change the way that, that we are living. And that, that also had to be incredibly difficult, but yet wise. They're incredibly wise. I mean, I think back at it now and, you know, if there's anybody that's struggling, I tried. I mean, I'm not sure if every story uh, can be perfectly related to another story because you're going through your own emotions. But I mean, yeah, it was hard for me. It, like it was it was humbling for me. I felt it was. I don't know why I did. I mean, I didn't play long enough to deserve to be humbled, but um, she's the one that does the bills and put it all together and said, like, this isn't going to work. And the last thing we want to be is stressed out on a home, stressed out on a mortgage. Um, we're starting a family. We just had a baby boy. And, and so, yeah, I mean, you know, then you, you, you put a mortgage that's in place where there is no stress. You know, at the worst of times, you can afford that mortgage. And, mm-hmm. and so, uh, yeah, I mean, shoot, I, I think that's, you know, I married a good Ottawa girl, a high school girl. When the going gets tough, she knows how to grind it out. I'll tell you that. God bless. Final question for you, even though I could probably ask a hundred more. Uh, what was it like going from what you were doing at the start of your broadcast career? And as you said, I mean, it's not like you were just all hockey. I mean, you were doing everything. That's that's the way that you do it when you're starting out in broadcasting. Anybody who's done it knows that that's the deal. You got to be that way um, to getting the call to doing ESPN. Was that a was that a significant moment i mean on the outside looking in it would seem like a significant moment but maybe it was just a one-off game here and there and you didn't realize what it was about to turn into no and you know it's it's funny because i thought that i was ready for it after doing you know a dozen um ncaa games um 
And and the three guys that I worked with all worked in the NHL, and one is still working. Randy Hahn is still the voice of the, of the San Jose Sharks. Mike Goldberg was another one, and there was another fellow as well. So we had, you know, we had three three guys. So I was learning the right way. And then one time I was in Chicago doing all the stuff I was doing. I had a Marantz recorder. I had one of those big Marantz recorders. I went. Oh yeah, room. oh yeah. I you know I interviewed the players. I put together my own. Hi and everyone, and welcome back inside. I'm Darren Pang. You know, for Hawk Talk and, you know, for the next 90 seconds, I gave them information three times a day and had to write up the script and I had to do the interviews. And then you know, I would go to the WBBM and do the pregame show with Brian Davis. And then I do the between periods and I do the postgame show. And, you know, so in the meantime, I was feeling like I was get I was really ready for something else. And then the San Jose Sharks called me one afternoon. They'd, they they are having issues with their color commentator. It was Dennis Hull at the time. He was their first one. And they said, listen, we understand you're doing all this work. You played for Chicago. You know, your producer says you're ready. So I actually did an NHL game for the San Jose Sharks, which was the first game I did in Chicago Stadium. And they offered me the job to go to San Jose, and I just didn't want to make that move. And then I, uh, I ended up getting called in for ESPN. When I auditioned at ESPN in Bristol, Connecticut, and I left there, I knew that I did something really good. I knew that I was, you know, ready to go. But I also knew it was a new ESPN, too. It was the deuce. It was a big change yeah. at ESPN. It, they needed guys that could buy into some of the funkier things. And, and what, what are the ideas? And me being right out of the game, you know, that really helped because I had all my friends were players in the NHL. So I could really do things that maybe other broadcasts wouldn't ask to do. I hopped on the bench. One of my ideas was, you know, at the end of a period, leave the broadcast booth, go down to the bench, sit on the bench, have a hookup, and interview the backup goaltender. So that was one of the first things we did at the Deuce, and it was my idea to do it. And it really became something where you're bringing the fans right in the locker room or right on the bench or walking to the, to the uh, locker room from the bench after the period. And all the backup goalies, they all have great personalities. So we just hit it off on that kind of thing. And, and so, you know, as years have gone on, we're probably trying to reinvent the wheel as it goes on, but I think you have to in this business to stay, stay up to date with it. And, but I'm proud of the fact that I got a chance to be on ESPN two, did the very first game and, and then got to do ABC and ESPN and stayed there for a long time. And it was an unbelievable way to start my career. Man, that is awesome. What a story. What a story. Somebody just uh, texted in right now, Panger. I didn't think I could appreciate Panger any more than I already do, but here he is with an awe-inspiring story that I didn't know. So glad to have him here in St. Louis. Yeah, man. A lot of levels to this story. You know, everybody's got a story, and uh, and you certainly have a, one hell of a story. So thank you so much. Wow. Out of nowhere, I didn't even warn you that you were going to get hit with this, and the next thing no, you know, here we are. Well, thank you so you know, much it, for telling the story, man. Yeah, well, the, you know, one of the the greatest things that happened to me was coming here. So, I think a lot of people in the audience would share that uh, that opinion. We're very fortunate to have the uh, the broadcast crews that we do, and, and certainly with you as a as a part of it, it is a great thing for St. Louis Blues fans. Thank you so much for sharing the story, man. This was awesome. Yeah, thanks, buddy. Sorry, I'm, I'm all right. The, the, the game tonight's very late too. It's because of our TNT crew. We apologize for that on the double header. So, try to stay up. Have a few urban. Urban uh, underdogs, and then you'll be okay. You'll be okay by eight thirty puck drop or eight forty. There you drop. go. Love that's it. that's good okay. counsel from Panger. A lot of a lot of good knowledge uh, in this segment. Darren Pang with us every Wednesday. Panger, appreciate it, man. Thank you. Really enjoyed it. My pleasure. Have a great day, guys. Thanks, Panger. You yeah. too. That's Darren Pang with us here. We'll take a break. Come back with more balloon party driven by Mungan at St. Louis Acura on one hundred and one ESPN. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. This is Balloon Party, driven by Monganess, St. Louis Actor here on 101 ESPN. My name is Tim McKernan. I'm with you to the top of the hour. Action Jackson is bringing the heat as well. And uh, Jackson, our conversation with Darren Pang really uh, well received by our audience in the Air Comfort Service text line. Uh, I think a lot of people weren't aware of his story. I knew some of the details, but I certainly didn't know most of those details. And also, I found there to be a number of uh, life lessons, sounds like something you'd find on an ABC After School special. So I don't want to say life lessons, but, but some of the lessons he learned from his experiences that could be applied to anybody and not just people who play sports at a professional level. And, uh, and he wasn't doing it from a preachy standpoint. He was just looking back on that time in his life. And, and I think as he was telling the story, realizing some significant moments and also some gratitude for the people who helped him along the way, ranging from somebody as close to him as his wife to uh, people in broadcasting and people in hockey. And uh, I could have gone for another hour with him on that. And I'm grateful for him telling his story, uh, especially when we uh, didn't even really plan on doing that. And uh, and the audience wanted to hear it. And uh, he delivered. That's for sure. Yeah, that was awesome. I, you know, I love hearing stories like that. Super. It's such a prime example of like when one door closes, another one opens. And, and he's so good at both conveying the story and the story itself is just full of incredible insight. So I, I mean, I know I was captivated and I think based on the uh, text line that the audience was as well. Yeah. A number of really uh, grateful texts uh, for the interview and uh, specifically for Panger sharing that story. I mean, that's a, I think about it for, for, and you don't have to be playing professional sports. If you are, say you went to school, it doesn't matter whether you're in trade or in a your attorney or doctor and something happens and you're in a spot where what you thought you were going to do for a number of years, suddenly you cannot do. And also because of your success in that industry, you and your family and in Panger's case, just starting out, just had his first son, uh, along with his wife, had become accustomed to a certain uh, standard of living. And you have to, and your wife comes to you and says, hey, we cannot afford to do this, which I'm sure was tough for her and then tough for her to have to say to him and then tough for him. I'm sure, you know, considering himself as the provider for his wife and his son to go, man, we can't do this. And now he's living across the street from the people who used to come to the games to watch him play. And yet he considers it a a great moment for him in his life and uh you know that 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 stood out to me as well as the fact that you know anybody who is is 
worked in broadcasting, you know, and, and most people get started uh, if you didn't play professionally while you're in school. So it's 18, 19, 20, 21, usually. And you're told you just do anything they ask because you got to be able to do whatever. So here he is. He was the Blackhawks, the Blackhawks goaltender a year beforehand. And now he's doing call-in shows, answering, answering questions about the Chicago Bears, right. you know, and the Cubs and the right. Bulls. And the White Sox, I mean, what a spot to be in, but he did it. And then three years later, he got to ESPN, and, and here he is 30 years later doing both uh, national broadcasts on on TNT and, and locally has a, a great run going on with the Blues. And his talent and likability, uh, I, I bet, is in part experiences that he that he overcame and uh, and lived through so a lot of a lot of lessons there and I don't like the term lessons because then that comes off as people need to be taught and it's a case by case basis but uh, it, it just a, a story coming a lot from Darren I want to pose this question to the audience and then focus on this in our final segment because I'm really curious for people are I uh, well although I can imagine it'll receive hostility from from fans of all four teams. But I'm putting this to you in the audience, and it's an individual thing. I really don't know what I would do. I mean, I know what the real answer is I would flip around. But let's just say on Saturday night, Jackson, we've got this situation. And we may have this situation. We for sure know we're going to have two. You've got the dogs playing at home against San Jose. You've got the Battle Hawks playing at home. You could have Missouri playing Arizona, and you could have Illinois playing Kansas. If that scenario presents itself, text in what you are going to watch. Now, I would imagine most people would say, I will flip around. But what will be, everybody knows deep down, you know what your priority view will be. And that is operating on the premise that all of the games are close. What will your priority view be? I believe I know your answer, Jackson. And I would imagine it's the Fighting Tigers of Missouri taking on either the Wildcats of Arizona or the Tigers of Princeton. Am I correct on that? It would be very, I would fall out of my chair, which is sitting on two phone books. Right, right, right. So I can see my laptop. But I assume that that is the answer. Yeah, I mean, I'll basically be have that channel on and lock the remote in the vault because there will be no changing around. There will be no changing the channel. See, I would, I, 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 I would have Missouri, again, this is operating on the premise that they are all at the exact same time, and that's not the way that it's going to be. But it, it can all they all can be playing at the same time. There's just going to be different start times. I would be Missouri basketball as well. I think I would probably... Well, I'll answer the question on the other side of the break. How about that? We'll nice get better tease. at teasing. And the tech, the text, the texts are coming in. I mean, at a record pace here. Three one four three nine 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 six four six. What's your answer? I really don't know what the answer is for people. I really don't know. I guess that Missouri and Illinois will probably split the college basketball vote. Yeah, I would say that's accurate. So I'm going to theorize. Well, I'll tell you what I'm going to theorize. I mean, it's just, it's just a, this is a tease <laughs> festival is what this is. Uh, we'll have that for you on the other side of the break. Final segment of Balloon Party. Text in your answer. Air Comfort Service. Text line 314-399-9646. This is Balloon Party driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. 
Welcome back. It's Balloon Party, driven by Munganess St. Louis Acura here on 101 ESPN. Final segment of our program, BK and Ferrario taking over at the top of the hour. The question I posed right before our commercial break, Jackson, if, and this is a scenario that could present itself on Saturday evening, if Missouri wins tomorrow against Utah State, if Illinois wins tomorrow against Arkansas, then at some point it is a good chance, it's not a guarantee, that those games would be playing at the same time as either or both of the Battlehawks game and the Dogs game. You could have a Saturday evening chock full of St. Louis area sports action. So the question I pose to our audience is, If that were to take place, if all four were playing simultaneously, which one would you watch? And you and and listen, I want to I want to I want to I want to cut to the quick. I want to cut to the quick. And what I'm saying is this. I I know people, you know, if you're probably hosting the show, you go, well, I would watch all four because I love all four equally. And you know what? You're a fraud is what you are. (laughs) That's what you are. Fraud. You're a fraud. You're an effing liar, and I have no time for you. The truth is, we all have our preference, and the reality is, no one is wrong. But we all have our preference, and my preference is, as a person who went to the University of Missouri and has eight credit hours left to be a graduate of the University of Missouri, and Jackson is somebody who went there and lives and dies at the basketball board, we would both go with Missouri basketball. But the honest answer is I'm picturing this on Saturday night. I would be, you know, commercial break. I'm flipping probably the first thing I'm flipping to is the dogs game. Mm -hmm. And then I'm a coin flip on the Battle Hawks or Illinois. Honestly, my Illinois interest would be I would love to see them beat Kansas more than I would be cheering for Illinois, which I would imagine a lot of Missouri fans would say. So, Jackson, you have been perusing the Air Comfort Service text line since we uh, initiated this verbal Gallup poll here on 101 ESPN. And what would you say? I, I would say we've gotten more than 100 responses. Uh, what would you say has been the number one vote getter? Uh, number one vote getter would be Missouri Hoops. And I know some people might say Jackson is saying that because he is living and dying with Missouri basketball and has been for a long time. But I am looking at the Air Comfort Service text line, and I can tell you that it's Missouri hoops by a pretty good margin, too. Yeah. I would say second place, and this would have been my guess, is the dogs. Yeah. Uh, watch this. Here's here's a chant you're going to hear on uh, Saturday night. Take a listen, because maybe you can mimic this when the Tigers are at halftime. And I want you to listen closely. Defense, doggies, defense. Defense, doggies, defense. Defense, doggies, defense. Yeah, you'll be hearing that in downtown St. Louis. What would you say is in third place? Battle Hawks, I would say, is in third, closely followed behind by the Fighting Illini. Yeah, that would be my assessment of what I've seen here. Now, I'll put this on on Twitter. I will get uh, MF'd. Uh, I don't know why, but that's just kind of what happens when I pop up on Twitter, which is one of the main reasons why I don't pop up on Twitter, unless I'm just kind of in the mood for masochism. And sometimes I am. I'll right. be honest with you. Aren't I'm a we deviant. all, Tim? Amen. Amen. Um, and I, I don't know. I don't know if Missouri will win on Twitter. I don't know. I don't know what will win on Twitter. I bet because Missouri I put won. the. 
You think so? I put the TMA uh, on the TMA fan page. Got a totally different response on what is the lead story after this past weekend NCAA tournament battle Hawks or dogs. And the dogs won big time on the TMA fan page on Facebook. 7,000 members. Come on by and join it. Um, and then on Twitter, the Battlehawks won. Now, it was all pretty even. It was all within the range of 33% apiece. But the Battlehawks did win it on Twitter, whereas the Dogs won it on the TMA fan page on Facebook. Yeah, I think that people, and I'm not saying this as like a shot, but I think people, once they watch Thursday's game with Arkansas and Illinois and Missouri and Utah State, and please let both of them win. Uh, I think people sometimes forget how intense, awesome NCAA tournament games are. So once they see both those teams play and they're like, oh, I forgot how awesome March Madness is, then they'll be like, all right, I'm watching Saturday without a doubt. But then there will also be the healthy amount of people right now saying dogs and battle hawks. But I think that number would turn on Friday night. I can't wait to see the atmosphere of both the games. Yeah, that, that's, that's that's the thing. I mean, all four would be incredible atmospheres if all four were to take place. We know two will take place for sure with the Battle Hawks and the Dogs. We do not know on Missouri and Illinois. Hopefully both advance tomorrow. Even if you don't like Illinois, you probably don't like Arkansas as a Missouri fan. And you sure as hell don't like Kansas if you're a Missouri fan. But I know there's some Rock Chalk fans in the audience. Uh, it would be wonderful to see it on Saturday. It would be a great decision to have to make. Time for us to shut it down. For Action Jackson, I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.